What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Enemy Bruno. Kurt, I am the enemy of your enemy. I am an enemy. I am the enemy. Your enemy is my enemy because I'm the enemy. I hate you. <laughs> I had to do it to him. I had to do it to him. So for those, <laughs> for those who are not uh. aware... Kurt was drinking lots of adult beverages <laughs> yesterday at the tailgate, and um, we were doing the Instagram live, and I thought Bruno said Emony, like trying to say enemy. I thought he said Emony, so I stopped him mid-sentence. I said, Bruno, you just said enemy. It's enemy. And then <laughs> there was there was a lot of awkward looks <laughs> coming coming to me. <laughs> And I was just, I looked at Stats Guy in the front seat. I said, did you hear what I just heard? I looked at Kurt. I saw his brain not functioning 100%. And you know what? We, we had a great time. It was just another classic moment in the series of playing the field that we're doing. And you know what? Uh, we learned a new word, and we said lots of SAT words. So words were the theme of the day yesterday. Oh, God. It was, I watched the Instagram live back like three times. I'm like, enemy, Kurt. You, <laughs> you are an idiot. Um, so good so so bad uh, it was so bad oh my but God. it's all right um you know adult beverages do that to you bruno Facts. they do that to you Facts. um this was a um a lot of thoughts about this week bruno but i think that it's kind of kind of reminiscent of what we talked about in episode one about how just everything during the nfl season especially early on is just so whacked it's so whacked one week you can look great the next week you can look like dog crap um, and it happened to some of the teams this week. Um, so without any further ado, Bruno, do you just want to dive in? Let's dive right in. I'm about to dive in. Like, Is that what Frank Ocean said? Mm, probably. I'm about to dive. Ocean diving, if it's a theme. Well, yep, we're going to go with it. Mm. He's not an enemy. Mm. So, Bruno, without any further ado, here we go. Let's start on the Thursday night football game, Washington at the Giants. Washington football team, Bruno, they win this one on a buzzer beater. Buzzer beater, 30-29 to 29 over the Giants. But this game was certainly controversial, Bruno. Certainly controversial. On a last-second field goal attempt, Washington actually missed the kick to the right. Uh, but an offsides penalty on the New York defense ultimately gave Washington a second chance to win the game. And, of course, they capitalized on it because sports. Uh, but, Bruno, I don't know if you saw. Did you see the video of the Giants' defensive lineman that went, air quotes, offsides? Now, there's no doubt he was moving before the snap, but as a defense, you can be moving as long as you don't cross the line. So, I don't know. It looked he, it did not look like he was offsides to me. I don't know if you had seen it, Bruno. Yeah, uh, I think it was Dexter Lawrence, and I remember checking Twitter, and there was, like, his post-game press conference where they were asking him, like, hey, were you offsides? And he did the classic, like, you know, they didn't call it. Uh, it doesn't matter where I think the refs are going to call what they call. He did that classic thing. I saw a great video on Twitter of them also essentially showing zoomed in on him and then zoomed in on the center and it basically looked like he just got a great jump on it i mean i don't remember seeing a great replay live of the angle but at least from the twitter angles after the fact it, you could look like you make a pretty convincing case that he wasn't yeah wasn't i think portnoy's video is the one that i saw then it was like wow we're we're you know penalizing someone for being perfect because it right. was uh, he got like, literally looked like a perfect jump so right. Not a great ending for the Giants, but the Giants are going to giant. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Also, your head coach, Joe Judge, Bruno, question, what was his last job? What was it? What, what was he doing before he was the head coach mm. of the Giants? Special teams. Special teams of the Patriots. Uh, so ironic that your special teams are what blow the game for you. 
Yeah, that was tough, Kurt. But, you know, it's one of those games. It's honestly the NFC beast. You, you really never know what's going to happen. Obviously good for your season prediction, I believe, because you had WFT, I think, winning the division. That was in our I did. prediction. They're so, probably not going to, but I did. Well, I did. you know, you, like you said, you never really know what's going to happen, Kurt. Uh, and sticking on that theme, in our next game, you really never really know what's going to happen with the quarterbacks. Uh, generally, I'm talking about play when I say that. This week, I'm talking about injuries because there were injuries for almost every single quarterback in the league, it felt like. We're talking Bears-Bengals. Bears squeak out a close one, 20-17. Surprisingly so, though, because Andy Dalton in this game, kind of like a weird non-contact. Like, he, like, tweaked his knee on one, one of those freak plays that happens when he, like, took a step and it went the other direction. So he came out. I'm sure, you know, obviously you don't want to, you're not cheering for injuries, but Bears, friend, Bears fans who have been clamoring for Justin Fields were, you know, obviously hyped that Justin Fields was coming into the game. So he came into the game. He, like, they got the win. He wasn't extremely impressive. There's always this thing where it's like, do you, you know, get, do you, like, criticize them for maybe coming in and not playing that well? Are you saying maybe they didn't know that they were going to play so that throughout their preparation? Or would you rather do that so you don't have to overthink it? I don't really know. At the end of this day, a largely forgettable game. The Bears defense kind of sealed it with, uh, they intercepted Joe Burrow, like, on three straight pass attempts from him. So they kind of, the Bears defense kind of stepped up, especially after their week one performance. But the biggest story moving forward is, honestly, you know, this game, who knows? Don't really think either of these teams are really going places. The biggest question is, does Justin Fields take this opportunity and run with it? Or, you know, is Andy Dalton going to, like, come back and be like, oh, it's still kind of my team for a little bit longer. Ha ha he he. Well, Matt Nagy certainly came out and said that it's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is the starter if he's healthy. So is he healthy? I don't know. But I I think I think he made a lot of good points. Um, I think that when he kind of when Justin Fields kind of came in in relief for Andy Dalton, it was our first extended look at Justin Fields. And you would think the Bengals defense is not like a like a ferocious like you're not like terrified to go up against the Bengals. You know what I'm saying? And he was, like, less than impressive. 6 of 13 for 60 yards and an interception. Sheesh. I don't know if that's going to do it. I don't know if that's going to do it, Bruno. No. And, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely stupid that the, that the Bears even are going with Andy Dalton to begin with. But uh, Justin Fields needs to be better. He will be better. And I think he will be the starter going forward. They'll, they'll come to their senses sooner or later. You got to hope so. You got to hope so. Bruno, speaking of another quarterback that went out. This was another another quarterback injury. If I were to give you one guess of who it would be, don't answer, Bruno. Don't let the people think for a second. Switch that around in your big brains, people. Yes, you're correct. Carson Wentz. Bang. Yep, good job. Well done, everybody. <laughs> so Carson Wentz hurts his ankle. Actually, side note, both <laughs> both of his ankles. Hurt apparently. one ankle, get another hurt ankle free. <laughs> yeah, he got he, he got the buy one, get one free. Exactly. So he, he somehow sprained both of his ankles on this play and had to come out of the game. So backup quarterback Jake Eason comes in um, and naturally uh, right away gets intercepted by Jalen Jalen Ramsey to give the Rams a 27-24 victory in Indianapolis. Uh, Rams start 2-0. I believe, Bruno, the Colts, uh, are they own two? Um, uh, I believe they are. They are. stats guy? Okay, that's the Seahawks for week one. So, yeah, they're on two. Okay, 0-2, so obviously not a great start for them because I know a lot of people thought, hey, you know, they could be in contention. They could certainly win the AFC South. Not a, not the start you're looking for. The start you are looking for is the Cooper Cup-Matt Stafford connection yep. because once again this week, Bruno, wowzers. They, they lit up the scoreboard. This week, Cooper Cup, nine receptions, 163 yards, two touchdowns. So now he has three touchdowns on the season. He has like 270-something yards receiving. Just 
absolutely bonkers numbers through two weeks. Uh, really, really impressive how that connection and that chemistry has developed that quickly. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, I just would like to also just add to that. I think Matt Stafford, we all were, you know, it was talked about all offseason coming in from the Lions. Was the success he had there due to low pressure there, low expectations there? You know, he put up stats like what was it going to be like on a team with good weapons? And clearly he's taken no time to warm up, to dust it off, to do whatever you want to say because he's come out on fire. Obviously, last week, the big question was he did against the Bears. Let's see, you know, moving forward, was that just a one week thing? Clearly, you know, again, it's again, it's one one plus one is two. I'm not a math guy. It's only been two weeks. Understandable. But <laughs> two is more of a pattern, more of a routine, more of whatever you want to call it than one. So, again, not a math guy, but we're just establishing some facts here. So he's been great. Our super fan, uh, super sorry, super Rams fan, no longer super Lions fan, super Rams fan, Matsky is very happy with his like third round investment in taking Matt Stafford in fantasy football uh, is paying off so far. So uh, good for Matsky and good for the Rams. <clears throat> excuse me, excuse me, clearing my throat because uh, this next game that we have, Kurt, was equivalent to a throat clear. It was nothing <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. It was absolutely disgusting. You like what I did there, Kurt? That was so smooth. I was, <laughs> like, was, oh, so poor. Smooth. I was like, oh, poor guy's like hurting. He's got, uh, my voice has been hurting today, Bruno, so yeah. I've been clearing the throat quite a bit. So Same, Kurt, but honestly, uh, I'm not hurting as much as the Dolphins or Tua. I'm not even going to try to say the last name. Tua Tungavailoa. Okay, Kurt did it for you. Thank you. Just pretend I said that. So what I'm referencing with the throat clear and the hurt and all this stuff is Bills 35, Dolphins 0. Basically just a beat down. Tua, as we mentioned earlier, he got carted off the field. Uh, I think it's a, ended up being a rib injury. As of today when we're recording, I don't think they know the severity of it. Like, I don't know if it's like he's out X number of weeks yet. Obviously, he's still hurt. They're still waiting. I think waiting. I saw Bruno not to interrupt that it's he's, quote, day-to-day. So I'm a... Um, uh, I'm not questioning this man's uh, intestinal fortitude, hmm. fortitude, fortitude. Yeah, fortitude. Um, but he got carted off the field for a rib injury, and then his day to day. So, did it hurt that bad, or was it just were you getting beat so bad already that you just didn't? You were over the game. Yeah, I mean that's honestly a huge part of it, and a fair question to ask. I also just think another fair question to ask at this point is like, is two is this just Tua? Because like he, you know, he hurt his hip at Alabama, and then last year he was kind of up and down with the injuries. Again, I don't want to unfairly put that right away on him. This is only the start of year two for him, so he certainly has some time. But again, if, it feels like if this just keeps popping up, uh, we are understanding, you know, why the Dolphins may be rumored, allegedly interested in trading for other quarterbacks or acquiring other quarterbacks. Again, just really quick on this game, not to, you know, not talk about it at all. The Bills needed a bounce back game after last week. They found it their perfect game this week. They had a great rushing attack. I think other five touchdowns, three were rushing touchdowns. You know, Josh Allen did enough to win the game. They had some good plays on offense, too. I think Diggs caught yep. a touchdown. Um, maybe their tight end caught another touchdown. So again, the game is largely whatever. I, you know, it is impressive for the Bills because they did need to get back on track. I think the larger question from this is that, like, if you had asked us, you know, before the season, would the Bills beat the offense? We would have said yes. The larger question is, if two is out, there's a bunch of options. You have Jacoby Brissett on the team already. That was really weird to say, right? Because as a you know, as former, former member of the hashtag Wolfpack, it's funny just seeing him around the place all the time. We also referenced maybe Deshaun Watson. Those rumors were really, really like sparking before the season. Also, our boy, you know, we'll talk about it later too. But Cam Newton, like maybe he is yeah. going to go there too with Brian Flores there. So I don't know. But uh, the Dolphins were a mess this week, and the odds are that they're going to be a mess moving forward. So we'll just have to see. Yeah, dude. Again, that's why the, the loss to the Dolphins hurt so bad last week. I just I'm not a huge believer in the Dolphins. I think they have a good defense. Didn't show up this week. That's for damn sure. Yeah. But I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's the answer. Jacoby Brissett feels like a backup quarterback to me. Yeah. Um. But hey, yeah, this does potentially open the door to 
Deshaun Watson or, or something, another option if this is a long-term injury, but it doesn't sound like it is for Tua, um, which I guess is good. Speaking of another quarterback controversy, Bruno, I wouldn't say this is this was not injury-related. This was just a quarterback controversy. We're talking about the 49ers, okay? 49ers go on the road to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Words are hard for me lately, guys. They are you, hard. You learned this yesterday. Um, I've had no adult beverages today, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, probably not today. Probably, okay. Then I'm, I'm going to stay away from those today. <laughs> but the 49ers get it done 17 11. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is still a starter in San Francisco. It's only week two. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has said time and time again, like, you know, that Jimmy is, is the guy for now. So Trey Lance is still the backup. Um, I think this was uh, from top to bottom one of the ugliest games. Uh, you could have watched similar to that that uh, throat clear you just had, Bruno, in the previous game. This one was also not good. Um, Jalen Hurts did his best with both his legs and his arms to try to win this game for the Eagles. Ultimately, not enough. Nick Bosa and the San Francisco defense, just just too much. Jimmy G, however, did uh, threw a touchdown. He ran one in as well. So just like just like Jalen Hurts, a little dual threat action in this one. Uh, an insane stat from this game, Bruno. Eagles wide receiver Quez Watkins, shout out Quez, no idea who you are, had two receptions for 117 yards. Uh, a lot of yards on very little catches, Bruno. Yeah, just bananas. Uh, it's also funny when you see that because then, you know, you could see, you know, if you're playing PPR, 13 points of fantasy, you're like, oh, all right, this receiver has uh, 13 points. Maybe I'll pick him off the waivers. But then you look at, like, how he got them and you're like, two catches, did you say? <laughs> One catch was for 91 yards. So, <laughs> so you know, oh, boy. do the math. Do, do that math. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I agree. It, it does, you know, what does kind of suck hurt that we can't say uh, with Carson Wentz still there that we're just taking the Tarsh out. Like I would have just been like, that's a Tarsh game from a Tarsh guy. Yep. Um, but you know, again, we can still talk about that for the Colts this year. So at least he's still in the league. Uh, one other kind of uh, Tarsh performance yesterday that we saw came from the very own Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know what's going on, but the Pittsburgh offense is not doing great. There, it's it. They new offensive coordinator, I think Ben Roethlisberger. All of this. Uh, talk this offseason was he's slimming down he's getting in shape inspired by the tb12 diet yeah okay no buddy, that boy's uh, still thick yeah it's, Two C's. it's i don't know what's going on there but the raiders come in one of the more i think kurt and i agree on this one of the more surprising teams in the nfl so far they get the win over the Steelers, 26 to 17 before i say anything else kurt i'm just gonna say this i may have picked the raiders yesterday to win on pick six so you may you, have picked the Steelers. you did so shout out to you once again for being just a big brain guy smarter than me you know hand up i you know hand call up. spade a spade wow. you're a smart guy you know um i did say i did not have faith in the Steelers. i should have <laughs> you I should, did say that <laughs> i should have just stuck with that but no i have to get all cute and think oh no pittsburgh you know good franchise blah blah, blah. well it didn't matter did not matter yesterday because john gruden went into pittsburgh and just gave him the old big f you uh, and um, Bruno, I guess I'm going to pose this question to you really quickly. Sure. Uh, Raiders, are they a legit contender, or have they been a pretender to start this season? So I will say this. In fairness, if you ask the question, we have to answer it, right? My preface would be it's still kind of early. There's a lot more football to be left or to be played. Sorry. What I will say, though, is that they are quite simply finding ways to win, even if it's not like so far, you know, two of the most cleanest performances, whatever. They'll come back against the Ravens, going on the road against the Steelers. Yes, they're both from the same division, but both those teams were, you know, up there in the, you know, I guess like, you know, maybe not the top, top tier of the AFC, but, you know, amongst the top tier. So I would say this for the Raiders. It, sometimes you can just say winning is hard in the NFL, and they've done it in a couple of different ways so far through two weeks. They obviously are playing in the same division as the Chiefs. I don't know when exactly they are playing the Chiefs, but if you know if they're finding ways to win and they roll into the Chiefs with a pretty good record, you know four and zero, five and one, something like that, it's going to be a great game when they get there. Plus, they always play the Chiefs pretty pretty well. 
Speaking right. of another team, Bruno, that uh, are they a pretender? Are they a contender? We have no idea, but we got a little bit of a better idea this week. The Carolina Panthers, Bruno, took on the Saints in Carolina. Saints obviously last week dismantled Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. But this week, it's the Panthers who did the dismantling, Bruno. They moved to 2-0 and after beating the Saints 26-7. to I I cannot believe that I think that in the like the Carolina Panthers look like they could be a playoff team in the NFC. That's they like legitimately have looked like that for the first two weeks. Sam Darnold looks good. Uh, Jameis Winston last night or yesterday, not good. So uh, absolute roller coaster for the first few weeks of the season for for both of these teams. Uh, well, not really. More for the Saints, but the Carolina. I don't think I don't think anyone would have predicted that they would start two and zero. And in the fashion that they won both the games, I don't know. Yeah, no, that that's spot on. Um, I think we always knew that they had a star piece in Christian McCaffrey. It was kind of always around the pieces around him. They've signed some young receivers. Obviously, the quarterback has kind of been changing. You know, the coaching has been changing. But Kurt, we're seeing a a, a, solid, a team that's playing really really solid through two weeks. I guess my only thing with the Panthers is like they feed Christian McCaffrey so much. Like he has already had so many carries. He's already had so many catches. He had to come out of the game to get an IV for cramps in the middle of the game. So I think with him getting so uh, when with him getting so injured last year, I think they're going to want to uh, clean that up moving forward. But you know, the biggest surprise of the season so far, yeah, uh, no doubt. One of the non-biggest surprises of the season so far, in my eyes at least, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost a rather throat clear, forgettable game against the Broncos, twenty to three to thirteen. Trevor Lawrence, he's just going to need some more time. It's as simple as that. Uh, the Jaguar, I mean, sorry, the Broncos, they're talented enough to beat the Jaguars. I don't know if that's saying anything. I don't even really think there's that much to talk about for this game other than, again, I just continue to be right that the Jaguars are terrible. Yeah, big brain Bruno out of the game. BBB. Uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, bad. Under 40% of his throws completed yesterday. Two more interceptions. That's now, count them, one, two, three, four, five interceptions. Bang. Two games, not good. Teddy Bridgewater, 2-0. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Congrats to the Jaguars? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Bruno, one team that we do know who is really goddamn good. <sighs> no throat clearing on this one. Just deep. Just deep size. <laughs> deep size. Deep size. <laughs> because uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are doing the damn thing for the Bucks. They go absolutely destroy the Falcons. Hooray! It's the Falcons. Whatever. But forty-eight to twenty-five. Tom Brady's an asshole. That's Mike. That's the. That's all I gotta say. Tom Brady's an asshole. You know why? He's 44 years old, and for whatever reason, now he's like, yeah, I'm gonna have my best start to a season ever. I'm 44 years old. Did I mention that, Bruno? He's 44 years old. 44. Um, like seriously, what the hell, Tom? Um, I no no 28 to three comeback this week, Bruno, because five more Brady touchdowns bring his total to nine through two games. Okay. Yeah, Kurt, I, I really don't have anything to say other than uh, as someone who is a noted Gronk hater, as someone who is a, well, sorry, pre all this drama with the Pats, Gronk hater, as someone who, you know, didn't love what was happening, it's obviously tough for you to hear. Kurt, what hopefully isn't tough for you to hear is this next game. We've got a little Cowboys Charger action. I say not tough for you to hear because I think we both picked the Cowboys in our, don't look that up if we didn't. No, we both picked the Cowboys, but you picked them to win the division. So ultimately, bigger brain for you again. Okay, just keep pumping me up. I love it. Even when I'm wrong, just pump me up. So we got the Cowboys 20, the Chargers 17. Uh, again, we were interested to see how the Cowboys would do coming off their uh, close loss to the Bucks in week one. They ended up hitting in kind of a weird fashion, uh, a walk-off field goal where like, they had more time on the clock to gain some more yards potentially at the end of the at the end of the game, and then just like didn't call their timeouts, and then they were like, "Oh, I guess we're kicking a 56-yard field yeah, goal." Yeah, I'm gonna interject there for one second. Yeah. That was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen, and yeah. that's not surprising because it's hashtag Mike McCarthy. <laughs> um, I don't again. This is why I picked Washington to win that division. I have 
no faith in Mike McCarthy, and he showed me exactly why yesterday. The end of the game, they have like 17 seconds, and they run the ball, don't do anything. Like uh, It was a terrible use of timeouts. It was a terrible use of not throwing the football. It was a terrible use of clock management, and you settled for a 56-yard field goal. I don't know. There was plenty of time on the clock. I don't understand why, as a coach, you are settling for a 56-yard field goal. I get it. You play indoors. Everything's easier indoors. Hashtag. Uh, I don't know why I'm hashtagging everything today, but um, <laughs> shout out Peyton Manning for being oh, a dome. No. Yep, dome quarterbacks. Oh, you know, they asterisks next to those guys. <laughs> True. Um, but a 56-yard field goal is not a gimme. Certainly not a gimme. It's not no. a layup, as they call it in basketball. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Bad coaching. Lucky win. Yeah, I mean, good for the Cowboys uh, is that they reestablished a run game. Both Pollard and Zeke on the end zone, so that was good. Bad is they won despite a coaching. You never want to say that. I guess not for great. the Chargers, still plenty of time to turn the season around. They're only 1-1, one one, right? They're not 0-2. They're 1-1. One right. one. Herbert, I still think you can be confident that he's the guy moving forward. I yep. do think, though, that it's going to be uh, interesting seeing moving forward. Like, will his team do enough around him to help? Is he going to have to elevate his game to another level to get them to win? We'll also, very reminiscent of the Patriots in Week 1, Bruno. Chargers had just penalty issues 12 yeah. penalties 99 yards it's in a three-point game like that <laughs> it's really hard to win games when you're giving up that much yardage so can't have it can't have it can't have it um bruno want to get into some of the the longer ones here let's continue our dive so bruno i think that this is interesting because the minnesota vikings are a team that has been very competitive in two games this year but ultimately are zero and two so the Vikings lose yesterday, 34-33 to the Cardinals. Now, what's a little bit interesting here is last week, the Vikings lose on a last-second field goal in overtime by the Bengals. This week, they are lined up with a chance to win the game, 37-yard field goal, Bruno, to win the game. Uh, no good. Uh, Bruno, I'm not, being, I'm not being dramatic. I've seen you make a 37-yard field goal inside of the Burton Family Football Complex. People forget. Uh, people, I don't forget. Mm. So people might. I don't. Uh, Thirty-seven yards. Uh, you're a pro. You should uh, make that. So yeah. terrible, terrible loss for the Vikings in this one. They went up twenty to seven to Brunel. Twenty to seven, and then shout out for you and your awesome research. There were seven lead changes after that. So the game was flip flopping back and forth like a little floppy fish. Okay, <laughs> and you had a chance to win the game. Golden opportunity. You lose week one on a heartbreaker. Go win week two. No, you still miss it. However, Bruno, mm. that was the Viking side of things. Yep. Cardinal side of things. I know I know how you feel. Kyler Murray, Bruno, get, what are your thoughts? I mean, he's just an absolute baller. I think he's completely justifying the decision. The bold decision at the time, people forget, they had just drafted Josh Rosen the year before, and then they go for Kyler uh, the next year, completely justifying it. He's honestly playing this well, this quick, way faster than I thought. He threw for 400 yards yesterday, Kurt, and three touchdowns. He did have a couple picks, but again, in the back-and-forth game, that's not to be unexpected. I will also say, though, it's like I don't know if he's making the receivers look good, if the receivers are making him look good, a little bit of both. But the Cardinals receivers, Kurt, just low-key, absolutely on fire. We already knew that DeAndre Hopkins was one of the best. They add in A.J. Green, who had been disappointing in, in uh, on the Bengals. They have guys like Christian Kirk. They just drafted Rondo Moore. All of them are just balling out in their own ways. So their offense is playing absolutely unbelievable. The run game's chipping, doing just enough to keep the defense honest. So I think for the Cardinals, if they can clean up on defense, because, you know, they, I mean, letting up 33 to Vikings... You know, Kirk Cousins is no slouch, I guess, but yes, you know, don't is. ask our yes, don't is. ask our former boss, Amazon, yeah. that. But uh, you know, 
uh, I, I will say they do have to clean up a little bit on defense, but Kyler Murray especially balling out, and so is the offense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the Cardinals look like a team that could they could be in this for the long haul too. We, but however, however, we could pump the brakes a little bit because this happened last year. Cardinals right. came out the gates right. really hot last year. Same thing, and then they kind of that's true came back to reality. So. Uh, good start for them. We'll see how it goes. Terrible start for the Vikings. And even though they've been in both games, they they got to turn it around. They got to figure it out, Bruno. Yeah. Um, well, you know what we always say, Kurt. Uh, consistency consistency is key. That's why I'll never change. But Kurt, you know what is changing? Maybe a changing of the guard in the pick six. Because Shut up. this next Shut game. Oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> the next game, we got Titans thirty three over the Seahawks thirty in overtime. Kurt, not to rub it in again. I feel like I'm getting all the pick six games. I, we didn't plan this. I just am getting all of them. But I rocked with the Titans on this one. Kurt went to the Seahawks. Seahawks were probably the safer play after week one. Russ was balling out. He still balled out in this game. The Titans looked absolutely terrible in week one. And then all of a sudden, they come back in this game and turn it all around. This is the, I think this is, you know, obviously this is crazy, but this is the Derrick Henry the Titans needed and were, were waiting for, especially after that week one. He finished with 182 yards and three touchdowns. He was rumbling and bumbling and stumbling and mumbling and all those other umblings all over the place, doing whatever he wanted. Uh, I also thought, though, more importantly, because, you know, coming into the season, we knew Derrick Henry was going to be good because he's Derrick Henry. The question of Mark's about assimilating Julio Jones was uh, whether he was going to be able to fit in very quickly. I think a lot more had to do with Ryan Tannehill than him. He has six catches for 128 yards. You touched on it, how their receiving corps are pretty solid and pretty deep. Uh, so, you know, they kind of relied on the formula of uh, Derrick Henry doing his thing. Uh, hit a lot of field goals. I guess what you could say about Tannehill is that he, you know, he didn't have any picks. He kind of tried to manage the game as best as he could. They did enough right. to win, though barely. They scraped by in overtime. I guess the question, Kurt, is if you're the Titans, like, is this the formula? You relied on Derrick Henry a lot this game, and yeah, you got it done. But like, what do we think about how, what this impact is moving forward for the Titans? So here's my thing with the Titans. I think, yeah, that can be the formula to obviously feed Derrick Henry. He's one of the best players on the team. I'd like to see more like play action from the Titans. Like obviously Derrick Henry's the guy. If you're if you're trying to take away one element to that offense, it's take away Derrick Henry. Uh, but so if if teams are loading the box, go play action. Try to hit, you know, AJ Brown on a slant backside or hit uh, um, Julio Jones on a, on, on a dig or something across the field or some a lo like a longer developing route. But more of that from them. Here's where it's going to be. Here's where I think it could be a problem for the Titans. And talk about that formula. What happens if they get down like, like, like they did last week? You can't feed Derrick Henry 40 times when you're down by 17 points. Like You just can't do it. The game's going to run out on you. So, yeah, this could be the formula, but, only, but I guess only if you're up early, and that makes it kind of hard to be a formula, you know? Yeah, I feel you, Kurt. But, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with the Titans. Talk about being up early, though. On the other side of things, the Seahawks, they are up 24-9 to at halftime. They're up 30 to 16, Kurt, literally in the fourth quarter. Let me find the exact timestamp. They go up 30 to 16 with 13 minutes left on a 68 yard pass from Wilson to Freddie Swain, whoever that is. Uh, good for him, uh, making some fantasy relevance there. But I guess if you're the Seahawks, it's like you could arguably say that they're at home, one of the tougher places to play. Russ is cooking, you're doing great. You're up by 14 in the fourth quarter, and then you just don't score the rest of the game, and the Titans just put their balls on the table and saying it's our win. Like, that's kind of crazy for me. There's some good from the Seahawks, right? Like, you have to love Russell Wilson still playing at a high level. One big question was, like, Tyler Lockett. Last year, he exploded. He was good before that, but last year, he absolutely exploded. Was it a fluke last year? He had 178 receiving yards yesterday, so clearly not a fluke. He's clearly clearly still playing at a high level. And, you know, they did some great things on offense. I guess it's just, like, I don't know what you really make of this win if you're the Seahawks because you basically had this game in the bag, Kurt, and then it went from in the bag to fumbling the bag 
what do you think about the Seahawks moving forward? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I believe in Russell Wilson, and I so I will believe in the Seahawks. Uh, but that was a tough one to lose. That's a tough one to lose. Um, I do think they'll be fine, but they're in the toughest division in the NFL. So I feel like it's uh, they'll be in it till the end. But that this is one they're probably going to look back and be like, God, like we should have had that one. Bruno, speaking of games that should have been had, should have been had. We go to the Sunday Night Football last night, which I will I will go out there and I will say it was the game of the year so far. On the young season, not many games. This was the game so far. Uh, unbelievable game back and forth offensively. I'm talking Ravens, Chiefs, Bruno. Ravens sneak this one out. I literally mean sneak this one out, 36 to 35. I'm so happy. Screw you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Screw you, Screw Jackson. Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, I was going to say that because <laughs> if you didn't see the viral video, yep. Jackson Mahomes is doing his little stupid TikTok dance on the field before the game, and then he gets chirped after the game like you know, like fans do. I, we were chirp chirping yesterday, um, yep. and he's uh, so sensitive that he dumps a bottle of water on a Ravens fan because he's a immature little douchebag. Yep. Um, but anyway, enough Jackson Mahomes talk. Um, let's talk about this game quickly, Bruno, because the offensive firepower in this game for both teams, while so different offensively, was just so fun to watch. Obviously, with the Chiefs, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Tyree Kill. You know they can score in one play literally whenever they want to. Travis Kelsey had a couple of huge gains yesterday. I just They're just a prolific offense. There's no other word to describe it. They're prolific. Now, on the other side of the, of the, the coin... You have the Baltimore Ravens, and they really can't throw the ball for shit. They're not very good at it. But they'll line up with 10 guys, like all the linemen, a couple tight ends, a couple running backs, Lamar Jackson, and one wide receiver. And they'll go out there, and they'll average eight yards a carry. You know they're running it. The whole stadium knows they're running it, and they'll still have success running it. I don't know how I don't know how they do it, but I guess, Bruno, like they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and they didn't have to fix it last night, and they ultimately run their way to a win. Now, they got down early, and I, I've always I've always felt like if you can get up on the Ravens early, you're going to be in a good spot because it forces them to throw. The Ravens just didn't give a shit, and they just kept running the ball, and it worked out It worked out great. I will say there is something that happened at the end of this game that was, like from my football fan perspective and someone who loves football, this was really, really, really freaking cool to see. Um, it was fourth and, like, inches, fourth and one, uh, literally – like how don't 30 seconds to go Bruno not much time yep. um the Chiefs had just burnt all their timeouts they're down by one they wanted to get the ball back uh and what ended up this was like in in Ravens territory so like on like the 39 yard line for the Ravens John Harbaugh looks at Lamar Jackson he's like hey he's like screaming like Lamar Lamar you want to go for it and Lamar's like yeah I want to go for it and they they went for it and they got that yard um now John Harbaugh knows if they don't get that yard, the game is over. Their Patrick Mahomes has, Mahomes has to complete one pass, and they kick a field goal and win the game. Um, and they have Harrison Bucker, so they probably would have made it. So uh, that was a that was an incredibly incredibly ballsy call from John Harbaugh. So shout out for the big balls for John. Um, I, I just thought it was really cool that the coach showed that much confidence in his quarterback. The quarterback's like, Coach, we got it, and he was like, Yep, you do. Go get it. 
Yeah, I we've honestly never been big Ravens fans for a variety of reasons, but even I had to thought that I even I thought that was really really cool uh, just to see that much trust and confidence in this player. And you you got to think like what that's gonna do both for Lamar and for the locker room, right? Like everybody sees that, right? The whole team is like seeing him out there doing that. They're talking about it after the game. He goes, you know, after we saw the video on Twitter of him going to the locker room and just the whole team absolutely loving it and having a great time. And again, Kurt, the long term implications. We had been talking, everybody hadn't been talking about the Ravens just can't beat the Chiefs dating till this new found rivalry, right? It seemed like the Chiefs, every time they play, it was like a battle of the elite and the Chiefs would always come out on top. I think the Ravens needed this game much, much more than the Chiefs. They needed to prove both to themselves and to all of us that they could be taken seriously and take a game off the Chiefs. I don't think that this means like all of a sudden that the tables have turned and the Chiefs can't beat the Ravens. It was one game. If you look at the overall record among these teams in recent years, the Chiefs still have their number, right? I think if, you know, it could go any number of ways if they play in the playoffs. But again, now it's just going to be that much more juicy knowing moving forward because both these teams know that the Ravens can pull it out. Yeah, I the Chiefs are going to be fine. They're the Chiefs will be there at the end of the season, They'll probably like 14 and 3 or something like that. But this was a this is a big win for Baltimore who lost on a heartbreaker in Vegas last week. So I'm not calling it a must win, but we've seen that stat that's been going around. If you start 0-2, there's very low chances you make the playoffs. It's like 11%. So, I obviously, 17-game season, that changes things. Um, but this was a big win for Baltimore. So, uh, wildly entertaining game. Really, really great stuff. Very happy that Mahomes lost. Uh, every time he loses, it makes me very happy. Um, Bruno, I think that wraps it up for all the other games. Um we did a thing yesterday mm. where we, a thing was done. A thing was done where not only did we go to the game, but the two big-brained boys uh, came back to Kurt's office at Darien High School, and we recorded our thoughts immediately after the game. So mm. we didn't let anything switch around. We gave it to you straight. So Bruno, mm-hmm. uh, what are we doing? We're time traveling. What, what do we say we're doing? We are for sure time traveling because your ears are now physically going back in time like don't ask how it's happening it's not the sound of the audio that's going back in time it's you and your ears so you're gonna have to enjoy it what we're gonna need from you the audience are our voices sexier right after the game talking about the patriots win after a long car ride after a long day were they sexier in what you're about to hear or with a day's rest were they sexier? we're gonna need to put put, put that pull up on playing stop sorry Stats guy. Yep. Put that poll up on uh, playing the field. We need to hear what the people think. Yeah. People, tell us what you think. Let's get into the Patriots talk right now. Boom. All right, Bruno. So we are back. Fresh, freshly cooked. Mm. Mm. Fresh. We were, we were steaming. We were. It was hot. Hot one. Uh, back from MetLife Stadium. Pats take down the Jets as as I typically do today, twenty five to six. Uh, so we're gonna you're gonna get our, our our thoughts on the game right now. R- literally, just mere hours after the game. Our bodies haven't recovered. Our minds haven't recovered. Kurt sat through mindless traffic. I mean, I was there too, but he was driving. Our sunburns have not healed. Our voices are gone. So you know what? You're going to – it's full uh, – just it's full us. It's full us. It's uh, – as I said in the car, this is our sexy voice time. Oh, Rashby. Oh. That was kind Go- of Gotham. That was Gotham. Gotham's reckoning. <laughs> Gotham's reckoning went down again today. Uh, Bruno, I'm going to give it to you right off the bat. What is your number one takeaway from today? The number one takeaway is pretty simple. You know, we're simple guys here. I'm a simple guy. I love a simple pie. So I've said that for a long time. But the number one takeaway, Kurt, is that – defense played fantastic and offense did not 
and obviously things will change but i'll you know we're gonna break it down a little bit but that was by far the biggest takeaway from the game yeah i um i think okay i agree i do agree with you however i do think the defense could be better i i don't like the fact that once again today i don't have the numbers in front of me uh i was a lie i do kind of have the numbers in front of me the jets as a team when they rush for they rushed for 152 yards on the ground. I expect more out of the Patriots' front seven, and especially in a game that like we, the Jets weren't really running the ball all that effectively because they were they had to kind of throw uh, because they were down. I I wish our run defense was better. So I still expect more from the front seven. I obviously yeah, the defense picked off Zach Wilson four times, which is great. But I think also that was Zach Wilson kind of crapping down his pants. Um, Rather than the Patriots necessarily forcing the turnovers, like they applied pressure and whatnot, and a couple of the, a, a couple of the plays were, were, were the interceptions were good, but also some of them Zach Wilson was like, "Hey, here you go." So yeah, no, that, I think you put it really well right there. I would say that what's going to get lost is that on a couple of those drives, like maybe not the first two picks because those were literally his first two throws of the game, but like more as we got into the game, the Jets were actually stringing together some good run plays, like opening up holes like seeing them clearly getting down the field, making, you know, maybe not like huge, huge plays, but getting chunks and having good drives. And then, like you said, it would just be Zach Wilson being like, oh, we're having a good drive. Psych, here's another interception. So I think my biggest takeaway was I think the Patriots, I think they have something with Mac Jones. Um, Again, he's played two games in the NFL, so it's like everyone needs to pump the brakes. Like uh, the comparisons to Tom Brady, I know I compared him to Tom Brady last episode. You did. I did, but I again, I compared him to... It's very similar the way they started out, and the mannerisms and the way they play the game is very similar. I'm not, that's not comparing him to Tom Brady by saying he's going to be Tom Brady. Two very different things. Now, what I do think is the, I think that the Patriots have thrown everything at Mac Jones, and he's proven he can handle it. Uh, the five wide thing, the two minute drills, um, just checking out a bad place at the line of scrimmage, all that good stuff. What I still want to see, though, and I don't think this is a, a Mac Jones thing. I think it's a Josh McDaniels thing. I need I need the training wheels to come off. Because if Mac Jones is going to be the guy, which obviously he is the guy, they've made that decision, I would rather see sooner than later, you let him kind of sling it a little bit. And um, I know the Patriots are going to be an offense that's still run heavy. You have a very good backfield. I still think they should be a run-first football team. But more shots up the seam to the tight end that you see Brady and Gronk. You saw them do it for decades in, in New England. You see them do it now, unfortunately, with the Bucs. Um, it's just like more of those. Nelson Aguilar is a, a, a deep threat. Throw him a ball deep once or just, just to keep the defense honest. Because once again, Mac Jones got pressured heavily today. Like, And don't get me wrong, without Trent Brown, the offensive line isn't, isn't it. It did not look good. It did not look good. Yasir Durant. Not Kevin Not Durant. Not Kevin Durant. <laughs> if, if you know, you know. If you don't know, go watch the live. That's so good. It was something else today. It, seriously. If, pause pause the podcast right, right now. now and go watch. It's on the Instagram page. Go watch the live. Do yourself a favor. And welcome back from watching it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching it. Welcome back. <laughs> um, I just think that I would like to see them dial up a shot or two just to push the ball down the field a little bit. Get, get those guys out of the box. The, the box was loaded again. It was like Cam Newton was playing quarterback last year. Remember how many times we talked about, like, damn, and they had eight in the box. They had seven in the box. It's like, all right, fine. Do something to eliminate that. Get them, get people outside the box. I also, last point, it's been talked about. We didn't we didn't really look at much on social media. I was driving, so I didn't. We, we did put on uh, Boston, or what was it, uh, 98.5, the sports hub a little bit yeah. on the way home. 
And they were they made a point that kind of shocked me. They were like, um, the Patriots in two games have not had a pass attempt into the end zone. So it's like they've been in the red zone almost double-digit times, and they have not had a pass that has gone into the end zone, which is banana land to me. Yeah, and I like the direction you took this because I definitely, you know, I, I still agree overall with what I said in the beginning about how the offense did not look good today. But that isn't to say to your point and then, you know, to what everybody's been talking about and what we agree with in that we think it can get there. Like, I think the thing with Mac Jones so far is exactly what Kurt said. We've seen him have flashes, good plays. We've seen him put together some good, you know, parts of drives. But then, like you said, it's a combination of like, again, keeping in mind, again, this was his second game, his first road game, his first win, all that sort of stuff. And then on top of that, again, like it, you made a good point about how. So in case you didn't get this, Kurt went to the game last week. Obviously, we went to the game this week. He made a good point about how fast things are live. And I think something that can get lost is like, yes, there's a lot of hype with Mac Jones. Played all four years at Alabama. Learned under Nick Saban. Or well, yeah, I mean, start. Sorry, he started the last year at Alabama. But I just mean he was there, so he, you know, he's soaking up the knowledge and stuff. But again, the NFL is a whole different beast, and this was only his second game. So yeah, I, we well, both. No, sorry. I was just looking at the stats. 22 of 30 is not bad, but the 186 yards. Right. For 22 completions, 186 yards, you, you're looking for a little more than that. In and yards. that's to your point, because I think it's exactly like you said. We were kind of getting frustrated a little bit during the game with, like, like why are we not throwing down the field the more, that much more? Why are we doing the same type of plays? And then, like you said, it felt like when we got into the red zone, it was just running and running and running it. Some of it to the point you made earlier was because we were winning and we're trying to run out the clock. Yeah. So there's other factors as well. But I think you said it perfectly. As he gets more comfortable, as he develops more chemistry with the pass catchers, and as the season goes on and we unlock the playbook more, there's no reason right now to not expect he's just going to continue to get better week in and week out. Yeah, I think that need, something needs to happen in terms of like he can't get hit this much. Like if they when they when they do throw, it has to be either the line protects him better or it's it's dialed up at the right times because I think he got. I think he got hit nine more times today. It's a 17-game season with a guy who's really only – he played one year at Alabama, like, and he didn't even play a full season because Alabama was up 50 every game. Right. So it's like uh, the longevity of his body holding up. He already has that big honking left knee brace on. Honking. That's a fun word. Honking. Honking. That thing's big. Um, I just – the longevity of Mac Jones as your quarterback, you have to keep him healthy for 17 games and then hopefully a postseason run. Hopefully. Um I just he he got hit like ten times in game one, nine times today. I'm like, dude, he can't get hit that often. Yeah, and so to your point, I think a lot of it has been the offensive line still figuring it out. Obviously, game one, their first game in a real game playing all together, and then like we said with Trent Brown out today, that kind of threw it all for a loop. I think something else we were noticing in combination with that was that it is just the classic rookie thing where sometimes he's just holding on the to to the ball for too long. Yep. Also on that point kind of questionable with some he's had a couple weird like either intentional grounding or like throwing it backwards and it's a live ball he kind of needs to clean up the like throwing the ball away process whether it's either the decision to do it and making it quicker or like physically doing it and doing it well but like you said that's he's a rookie qb he's played two games that will come as he goes but like that's another part of it yeah he's a rookie babe in the rookie mistakes but yeah you're so right the first pass he had in the game last week the the intentional grounding that he had today i'm like dude those bonehead decisions and again The game's fast. It happens really right. fast. He doesn't have a ton of experience, obviously, in the NFL. Uh, so hey, that shit will get to he'll he'll get there with that stuff. I think he has a lot of like the intangibles. We talk about the intangibles a lot. I think Mac Jones has them, and then it's like the dude's a perfectionist, and it that's a. I mean, if you're playing quarterback, I want my guy to be a perfectionist. I don't want him to be like Zach Wilson. I guess after the game, I was like, meh, what I like, mm, you know, what happens. I'm like, homeboy, you looked terrible. Um, ben Volan, I don't like Ben Volan at all. Yeah, writes for the Globe, but he did say, 
Um, he asked Mac Jones if he was seeing. Uh, whoa, he asked Zach Wilson if he was seeing ghosts today, and Zach Wilson said no. So classic, cla- classic no ghosts for him. Right, um, Bruno. I am going to. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh boy! And I'm also going to put myself on the spot because okay. I haven't thought about this. Okay. But um, I don't know if we did this for week one. Did we do three up, three down? I don't think we did. Or we're going to. Oh boy! Yeah, oh right God. now I know. We're, <laughs> here, I'll start first. Okay. And do you want to alternate or do you want to go? Let's alternate because I feel like we might have some similar ones. And yeah. I, we need to both get some strong ones. In there. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start. We'll do three up, three down. Doesn't matter like what side right. of the ball they are. Uh, I'm starting with James White. So James White today, he got into the end zone on a run, but he also was like the I think the, the reception leader. Yeah, he had uh, six receptions for 45 yards, but he also, let's see, he ran five times for 20 yards and a touchdown. I just feel like he's back. Like he didn't look like himself last year. I think that's also a product of having a quarterback like Mac Jones, someone who can throw, like let's call a spade a spade. James White is a pass catching back. That's what he's there yeah, to do. Um, so he was very effective in the passing game today. Even in blitz pickup, he was atrocious at it last year for whatever reason. It could have just been a down year for him. He was dealing with a lot of shit last year. Um, so uh, James White, I thought, was phenomenal, and he is going to be—he's going to be Mac Jones' uh, pacifier. He's going to be the, his pacifier. He's going to need him um, going forward here. And uh, I was very, very impressed with James White today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so that was a pretty good one. That was uh, an easy one to see. I'll go the other direction, an easy one to see. That was a down, Kurt, and this is not going to surprise you. And you just saw this when you listened back on the uh, the good old pick six. Kevin Durant, a.k.a. Yasir Durant, not great. Uh, there was some stat. I wish I had the stats in front of me, but it was like on his first three series, he let up like three sacks, something really bad along those lines. Basically, he played so bad that I'm – correct me if I'm wrong. He basically had to get replaced in the second half. Yeah, well, not even second half. He got benched. Right. He had three sacks in the first quarter. Right. Yeah. He gave up three sacks in the first quarter. Right. So. And, again, like, you know, Trent Brown is Trent Brown. It's it's hard to replace him, a.k.a. like you, you can't even do that, right? So it's like I don't want to phone him for not being Trent Brown. But on, on at some point it's like, bro, like – it's okay if you're a little nervous. Maybe something happens in the first years, whatever. You got to figure it out at some point. Like, we just can't have that, especially to your point. Like, Mac Jones just got hit so many times last week. He is supposed to be our QB of the future. Like, we really can't have this against, like, a Jets D-line that, like, yeah, like, they're, they're okay. But Meh. it's like they're not the premier. Meh. Yeah. That, so Meh. it's like, yeah, that that wasn't great, Kurt. And, you know, I'm really hoping that either Trent Brown's back next week or we figure something out with uh, with what we're doing in practice this week. Correct. So there's one up, one down. Do you want to take the next up? I'll take the next up, sure. Um, I'll copy your position, but go a different player. This is another obvious one, right? So, you know, I'm, I obviously I have a big brain, but the, anyone with the brain could hear, see this one coming. Damian Harris, obviously last week, he, you know, he played well last week. It's just what everybody remembers is the, the fumble at the end of the game, three minutes left, fumbles. We basically basically lose the game from that, even though there were a lot of missed other opportunities. So that was tough. He was getting it all week, again, because, like, you know, Stevenson was rookie, and maybe you could be like, oh, he's a rookie, still figuring it out. Damian Harris had last year at least. Bounce back game this week. He led the team in rushing. I know we talked about James White, you know, doing it all, and rightfully so. He does do it all. But at least Damian Harris, 62 yards he ended up finishing with. What everybody's going to remember is that one touchdown where basically he shrugged off, like, six or seven defenders on the way to the end zone. And then he did get some help from, like, you know, the boys at the end. But, but dude, also, Mac Jones was in that pile. Right. Uh, Mac Jones, that was, that run, I guess there were seven broken tackles. I haven't, I haven't watched it. We got to rewatch that. We have to rewatch it. We'll, we'll do that later. But, right. Um, seven broken tackles on the way to the end zone. Just a, just like a get. It was like a get off me run. Right. And he runs so angry. Like, yeah, he only rushed for like four yards per carry. But again, a lot of that was like late in the game right. when everyone in the stadium knew you were running the ball. And it is what. Well, I just burped on. I heard that. I that, <laughs> that was, saw it. That was probably white claw. Good thing. <laughs> good thing nothing else came up there. Oh God. Um, 
Good God, Kurt, get it together. All right, so that's uh, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's fine. So, no, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Um, let's go down. Me again. So, well, me this time. I think... Ugh, I think I'm going to go... Ugh, it's so obvious, but I... Well, I guess it's not that obvious, but I need to see more from... I'm going to feel bad doing this, but it's Dante, Dante Hightower. That's fine. He made some plays late in the game, which is great. Like, he made some plays late in the great late in the game. However, I think he's just trying to get... he. He's in great shape. No issues with that. I think it's more of a thing that he's trying to get his legs back underneath him. He just he looks a little slow, and it's like he's not – he kind of got burnt in coverage with the – and again, I think linebackers covering but running backs out of the backfield is one of the hardest things to do. Right. Um, I just uh, – he just doesn't look the same, and maybe that maybe that's just me being uh, like out of my mind expecting him to come back and look like the old right. high tower. And don't get me wrong, he's going to get there. The la- He played like a beast in the fourth quarter. So if he builds on that from the fourth quarter, he's going to be just fine. Um, but I, I s- expect more out of him, and especially especially because I just talked in the opening of the, the segment about the run defense being bad. Like, that's your dude. Like, you need you need Dante Hightower to be that guy in the mm-hmm. middle for you, and he, ha- he, he hasn't been that yet. I do think he gets there, but not yet. Right. So do you want to do – so, yeah, I, I don't have a ton to add. I think you're spot on. Obviously, you know, each year is getting older, but we do expect him to kind of return to that basically, like, you know, all-pro form that we always are used to seeing. Do you want to do another one up, though? Yeah. Okay. So this is the last up, so the three up, three down. This one might surprise you, okay? A uh, little bit off the beaten path on this one. I'm going to take Jawan Williams, the um, backup cornerback, I guess you can call him. So obviously, obviously we know Stephon Gilmore – out till at least week seven, so it's been J.C. Jackson who just continues to be, he continues to be a, a he's cornerback number one. That he could be a number one corner for a lot of teams. Oh yeah. Um. So he's been a beast again. Jalen Mills hasn't been that bad. I mean, the Patriots haven't seen any great quarterbacks yet. Like Tua wasn't it. Zach Wilson certainly wasn't it today. Um. So he hasn't really been tested. He's been okay. But Jawan Williams today. Really, really impressed me with his cover skills. He had four tackles. He had a couple pass breakups. Um, yeah, two pass breakups. All that good stuff. Um, just and he had, he was on Corey Davis a couple times. So it's not like they're like no name receivers. So I was impressed with him. And they're gonna need a cornerback like that to step up uh, until Gilmore gets back, and potentially even when he gets back. Um, the Patriots have some high octane offenses coming in, coming to New England in the next two weeks between the Saints. They weren't today, but the Saints. And the Buccaneers, obviously, in week four. You're going to need some of these guys to go out there and and, and, and play against some big-name receivers. So if Jawan Williams can slowly start building in the right direction, going to be a good thing with the Pats. So I, I could have went like Mac Jones or something. I could have went with Josh Uche, who's been a beast. But I was like, no, nah, let's give uh, let's give Jawan Williams a little love. So I'm, he's, he's my third up today. Right, and, and that's fair. And, again, from remembering us talking about it during, during the game, I literally remember us turning to each other and being like, that's the thumper right there making plays. So, Dude, yeah. And he – oh, that, that hit he yeah. had. Oh, I even yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> yep, yep, good stuff. So, yeah, so I'll round out our three up, three down right here. I guess I'm going to last down. I was looking through the list trying to rack my brain. I'm sure there might be other players that might be you know more memorable with time, but I think one thing that I just remember us both specifically saying – Jake Bailey, and more specifically on the kickoffs. I don't know if this is a plan. This is scrutinizing a very small detail of the game plan because, you know, it's the third down, right? So I'm trying to find, like, you know, whatever we can talk about. But basically, it all came down to this for both Kurt and I. 
he just wasn't kicking it for a touchback off the kickoffs. And, yeah. like, again, I don't know if that was planned or not. One of them went out of bounds for a penalty, and they went up to the See, 40. that's my thing. That's See, I, I bet Belichick probably told him, hey, we want to kick it to the goal line, try to get the re- try to let right. them return it. But the re- kick return kickoff team didn't do a very good job right. covering. And then Jake Bailey kicking the ball out of bounds. Okay, it's one thing if Belichick tells you to kick it short. Right. Don't kick it out of bounds. Right. Like that. I'm sure I'm sure Bill did not tell him to do no. that. So I no. that's a good one. That's a good choice, Bruno. Yeah. And again, I don't have too much else to say, but I, I again just to repeat what Kurt said for emphasis, right? I'm sure it's probably not all on Jake Bailey. It just the optics of it looked that way because that's what we were watching live. But like you said, out of bounds, inexcusable. You don't ever want to do that. And then again, like you said, the all around execution of that wasn't great. So that would probably be the third down. I could instead of John. I mean, I'm happy I picked John Williams. I just want to give a separate shout out to Nick Folk, Bruno, because this this was mind boggling on the way home. Um, after he made uh, Nick Folk made a 32 yard field goal in the third quarter, he set a Patriots franchise record for 32 consecutive made field goals. Uh, just so you know, Adam Vinatieri and Steven Gostowski were the last two like kickers for here for the last two decades, both pretty damn good. So the fact that Nick Folk holds the franchise record now is, again, banana land. Right. And what's crazy too, and I'm knocking on wood. Do you hear this? That was me knocking on wood. Heard you heard it. it. The audience wood. heard it. Okay. Knock on wood. It's just crazy given all of the kicker volatility around the league with like, it almost feels like some teams have been looking for new kicker every single year for like 10 years, right? We go from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer, and I'm not necessarily saying that yet about Nick Folk, but it's just crazy that we do that. And then plus, we even got this Quinn Norton guy who, if he didn't have to go on IR, which was kind of out of nowhere in my opinion, I didn't really hear much about that. If he didn't have to go on IR, he might have even won the starting job over this guy we're talking about making Patriots history. So I, I agree with that shout out. Yeah, it's crazy. That could be the Foxborough flu, like people like to call it, mm. the Quinn Nord- Norton, Nordine, whatever, however you say his name. Um, I think that Belichick does that sometimes. Like Belichick likes to use the practice squad and like the elevation thing that would happen in week one with Nick Folk um, happened again. With Nick Folk this week, which means he cannot do it again. Like Nick Folk has to be signed to the fifty-three man roster now. So, um, like Brian Hoyer, he came up. He had been signed to right. the fifty-three man roster. So the same thing has happened. To Nick Folk, he cannot be brought up again from the practice squad. Okay. So that look for that this week. That's coming. Um, and obviously, a roster move somewhere needs to happen. So, um, Bruno, I don't think I have anything else for to talk about the game. It was a kind of a sloppy defensive ish game i i meant in the pick six i kind of had mentioned the defense was going to win the game they did win the game well zach wilson kind of put it out there on a silver platter for them but they took it they took it so um pats get win number one of the season 25 to 6 jets still looking like the jets yep they got a lot of problems over there yeah they got robert sala their head coach for the jets getting booed off the field late not great not great jim not at all um, so I don't know, man. The Jets got a long way to go, but I, they do have some players like Michael Carter. Will Michael Carter? That, Michael Carter. Mike, That's the basketball Syracuse Mike, guy. Michael uh, Williams. Yeah, not Williams. Michael Carter, <laughs> Michael Carter, the running back from uh, North Carolina. He's yep. he's was great today. He's going to be really good. Elijah Wide Moore. Oh, yeah. Elijah Moore is really oh, and good. Jameson Crowder was out, right? So Jameson like Crowder that, was, that was out. Something. That was a big loss. But Corey Davis had a good right. good week one. Blah blah blah. Nothing today really. Braxton Berrios. Shout out our sloppy seconds from yeah, the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Um, he had a good game too, but uh, the, the Jets have some pieces. It's just about putting it together. They still don't think they're very close yet. So, Not at all. Uh, Bruno, we got a couple NFC South opponents coming up here. It's going to be a wild couple weeks. Yeah, I'm also seeing really quick. I know sometimes we touch on the, the game for the coming week, so we're hosting the Saints next week. Kurt, the line is Patriots minus three. 
So Patriots favored, which maybe after this week you could understand more, but certainly not after week one. I don't know if I would be saying that. Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, certainly not after week one. But I, I don't know. I feel like this Patriots team, uh, I think Bill is going to do something similar to that. He is going to try to force He's gonna try to force Jameis into a couple mistakes, and I, I'm, I'm willing to bet he probably makes a couple. So, isn't our thing we try to take away their best player? Yep. I, I'm very nervous about Alvin Kamara, but if we can do that thing where it's like we create some sort of game plan that takes him away, I don't know how. You would know how, but like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not next to nose guy. But if we can just figure that shit out, then if it's like okay, make Jameis beat us, not to Kamara to the wide receivers and stuff, then I would love that. I mean, especially with the way the defense is already ball hawking. So yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I think and and. Like the Saints' defense does does potentially pose a problem for Mac Jones. They're gonna that front is gonna be able to generate a pass Sheesh. rush. So please, to whoever you pray to, please get Trent Brown back in the lineup need for week him. three. We need him, need him so bad. And if God, week four, you need, you need you need like four more Trent Browns for the Bucks front. We need our TB back before we play our former TB. Bruno, we certainly do need our TB back before that game. But you know, someone that is back. Bruno, for the first time in quite some time, uh, is uh, Stats Guy. Stats Guy, for the first time, welcome. You said for the first time, back. <laughs> you are, This is your first time on the pod, Stats Guy. No, yep, yep, I did screw that up again, but uh, <laughs> this is your first time as Stats Guy. My first time as Stats Guy, it's a true honor. <laughs> you sound thrilled. Okay. <laughs> so... We are going to be including Stats Guy in segments going forward on the pod. Um, and Stats Guy is going to be giving us something. We, uh, you know, this is pretty herky jerky. We haven't really talked uh, nit- in the nitty gritty about what's going on. Um, but she's going to tell us something, and we're going to just sit here and react to it. So, welcome <laughs> to the Stats Guy segment. You know, I love how unofficially official you just introduced me in my new Stats Guy segment. And just like your introduction sounded, it's going to be a wild ride. Mm. From here on out. I don't know if that was a shot at me, but all right. Cool. A little bit. Okay. Um, Okay. So, boys, are we ready for our first Stats Guy segment with my first stat? Feed us the (laughs) herky-jerky. Okay. (laughs) So, I'd like to throw it all back, way, way back into yesteryear, which is yesterday, to when we saw the Patriots play at the Jets. I figured I'd get my stat to be about the Patriots and the Jets because it'd be fitting, correct? Okay, correct, smart. So I've been taking an interest lately because most of my interest around football revolves around the uniforms. And Mm. second to the uniforms is their names because we got some interesting ones on the roster in the entire NFL, which could be broken down into what we might call the NFC and the AFC. (laughs) Knowledge. You, You did learn that on what podcast? Big SAT words I used there. Uh, yep. Playing the field, actually, with Kurt yep. Bruno. Back I did episode, learn that there. Uh, season, season one, um, Abby was asked some questions at the end of the podcast we did about her. And uh, that, <laughs> I had to ask how many divisions were in the NFL. And uh, she said two, which is wrong because that's conferences. But I'm glad at least now, present day, you know that there's an AFC and NFC. So well done. Well, I do guy. know that. Stats guy learned from Abby. That's pretty wild. Oh, you're right. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I do highly recommend that episode if anybody would like to take another trip back to yesteryear and give you a listen in your early days. So let's start with the Jets. The Jets. <laughs> I called them the Jets. when what I meant to say was the Jets. Is that the Jaguars and the Jets combined? No, that would be the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 combined with the P-A-T-S, Pats, 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 the Jets. 
All right. Deal. But let's first start with the Jets. Um, so the Jets actually are a football team. And... <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Yes. Good thing we got that covered. I'm glad we brought Abby on to the show to tell us that. Okay. First fact of the day, they are a football team, contrary to popular belief. But they didn't actually start off being called the New York Jets. Um, the Jets, because they're unoriginal, were actually originally called the New York Titans, as we now know are the Tennessee Titans. And they were the New York Titans between approximately the years of 1960 and 1963. And before you guys fall asleep with my history lesson, I'm going to tell you something really cool. Do you know why they switched their name from the Titans to the Jets? No. No. Well, that's why I'm here. So <laughs> they actually played at Shea Stadium, which is now currently known as City Field, where the New York Mets play. Well, and the it's, New not, York... it's not currently known as that. Shea Stadium is just no more. Well, it was destroyed. And <laughs> Much like my dreams. <laughs> on, on its grave site was the City, was city Field was, was born yep. and built. Um, but... Shea Stadium in the armpit of America of New York slash New Jersey um, is located closely in proximity to, quite simply, the worst airport on planet Earth, which is LaGuardia. Terrible. I would people people thought I was going to say JFK, but I actually didn't. I downgraded. It's LaGuardia, and they are literally called the Jets because of the planes, because of their proximity to LaGuardia Airport, which, in my book, if I'll take it back to summer reading, is wow. Quite possibly the worst reason for a football team name I could possibly think of. It's pretty bad. They're pretty named bad. after LaGuardia Airport, essentially. Well, which it is close. If I think back to yesterday and watching the cheerleaders perform, oh. wondering why they were called the flight crew. I mean, puzzle, you, you didn't understand. The puzzle pieces are coming together. Yeah, I was like, you, how did you not put those two together? Yeah. Yep. So... Really dumb, but I will let you know when they were moving from the New York Titans to the Jets, they did also have some other names thrown into the mix. There was potential for them to be called the New York Burroughs. Burroughs? Like, Burroughs. I thought you said bros. I did too. Like, what? <laughs> New York Bros. No, sorry. I have a hard time enunciating, and what I meant to say, or what I was trying to say, was Burroughs, as in mm. the five boroughs of New York, mm. Manhattan. Not not Joe Queens. Burrow. Yeah, not Joe Burrow. And not the Joe Bros. Either. <laughs> oh, nice. Wow. We don't like them. Uh, other possible names thrown into the mix were the Gothams, as in Ooh. Gotham City. Do Gotham's Reckoning. Thank you. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it. There are more, but I don't remember what they are. Um, but if we remember also, I'll give you a little bonus fact in here. Love Who it. did they play yesterday, boys? P-A-T-S. Pats, 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 Pats. 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 Correct. That's um, not going to time up on this, probably not. Really hard. <laughs> Nailed Whatever. it. It is what it is. I liked our song. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. Before they were called the New England Pats, they were actually called the Boston Pats. Patriots. Yep. Not the Pats. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they were called the Boston Patriots, which is excellent because everybody's like, New England. It's like weird because everybody in Connecticut's like, are you a New York fan or are you a Boston sports teams fan. If you're from Maine, you're a Boston sports team fan. If you're from Rhode Island, blah, blah, blah. It's confusing because New England. What is it? It's Boston. They're called the Boston Patriots. Um, then they moved to Foxborough after they moved out of Boston, which is like they're not going to be called the Foxborough Patriots. So they tried changing their name to, hold on one second, 
I'll give you girls time to think. The Bay State Pats. The Bay State Patriots. Yuck. Does anybody know what the Bay State means? No. No, that's Massachusetts. Oh, obviously. The Bay Wait, State Patriots. You weren't being rhetorical there? Of course I knew that. I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> I didn't know. God damn I it. I do actually have a t-shirt that says Massachusetts, the God Bay State. Damn it. <laughs> I, I've, heard of, I've heard of like Bay State Health or something on a commercial. Right, so the football team would have been named after a hospital, essentially. Okay, well, talk about SAT words. I thought that was rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's not. I was asking the fans. Um, and it was pretty split reaction there. Um, but I'll tell you something that's pretty on par with the history of the Patriots, and that is that the NFL and the entire organization of the NFL absolutely despises the organization of the Patriots, right? Mm. That's been a well, theme yeah, for a long time. Thank you, that's Captain. Okay, thanks. Obvious. <laughs> thank you, Well, <laughs> you might also know that the Patriots are – not called the Bay State Patriots, and that is simply because the NFL literally rejected that name. They said, thank you so much for the suggestion. Denied. They literally said, that's bad. They said, thank you, next. Yeah. So then they decided to say, you're welcome, you're now called the New England Patriots. Um, And it is also the only football team named after a region and not a city or a state. Nice. And those are my stats of the day. We love those. That was delightful. Thank you. I just figured it'd be timely considering the game we recorded the live from yesterday, um, which was an excellent blowout. Um, yeah. 25 to 6 Pats, obviously. <laughs> Kurt, should we, should we dive into our Pats <laughs> recap right now? <laughs> Too bad. We already did it. We already did it. P-A-T-S. Pats, Pats, Pats. Oh, God. Happy. I mean, stats, stats guys, quick is <laughs> quickly going to become enemy number one. Oh, enemy number one, baby. Enemy. Uh-oh. Enemy. Can I redeem myself as the enemy and give you a bonus fact? Oh, is, no. it, is it pop culture? Oh, it's no. not pop culture, but it is about another football team. Do they play football? <clears throat> they do play football. <laughs> the, Jets um, are, the Jets are a football team. And it's quite possibly one of my favorite teams in the entire NFL. Who? That's a large statement, and it's not even the Bay State Patriots. It is Don't say the, the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Okay, hold on. Back up. What? I respect how much they suck so but much. But they don't suck anymore. Well, let's just hold on to the fact that they do. And <laughs> I think I like them because I was really bad at sports growing up, and I feel like I resonate with them. Uh, Did you know? Okay, what's the fact? (laughs) (laughs) Let's dock this ship. Okay. Did you know that the Cleveland Browns, which most folks, if they hear Browns and see their uniforms, which simply are not my favorite uniforms in the NFL, maybe that will be a stat for another day. Mm. Opinions with stats guy. Um, Their uniforms are a lovely shade of brown and orange, which is horrible. But the Cleveland Browns are actually not named after the color brown they are named after paul brown who's a general manager and head coach he's not their head coach <laughs> he's, he's, he's simply not their head i coach. said was oh, <laughs> i did know that actually because oh. i had to and for all one right of my well grads, then i'll leave because apparently i'm serving no purpose here because you already knew that for one of my grad oh, school projects no. i had to talk about relocating a, a team or a franchise mm-hmm. and i relocated the browns because uh Nope, this was me lying to you. I relocated the Bengals, so way to go, Kurt. Um, but love that. I, 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 that was a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm not going to lie. The only thing I feel like I learned tonight is that stats are a social construct from both of you. I, I just found that out. Here's what I learned. The Jets are a football team. This <laughs> is <laughs> absolutely electric. So. Uh, and they have officially been renamed the LaGuardia Jets. <laughs> from this point forward, it's the Bay State Pats and the LaGuardia Jets. I Let will accept known. nothing else. Um, but that, that, well, what a, what a, what an ending <laughs> to this episode. <laughs> Br- Bruno, please, please take us out of here. All right. I'm going to end this for everyone because it's been quite a ride, but all rides come to an end. Thank you for tuning in to the Millions of Fans, and we will see you next time on Playing the Field. Bye, guys. P-A-T-S. Pats, pats, pats. Oh, boy.